Welcome to The Money Diaries. I am your host, Nicole Ayub, and I am the founder of Wall Street Girl Next Door. Here at The Money Diaries, we are going to be untangling the emotional relationship we have with our money and having an intimate conversation about the sides of money we never talk about. We will be diving into fear, shame, money wounds, habits, behaviors, and how we can heal them to have a beautiful and healthy relationship with our money. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this episode. I am super excited to have a guest with me on this episode, my friend Janiel, who her and I have the same mentor, Yarrow, and we did this women's group called The Art of Connecting back in, when was that? 2021. Yeah, we did that a couple years ago. And It was the first group that I ever did uh, as part of my healing journey and Janiel was there and we got to go on this journey together and she now has her own business and she has traveled all over the world, which I'm going to let her go ahead and tell her story and tell us a little bit about her business, but I'm super excited to have her here today. Yay! It's amazing to be here, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me here. And I just want to say right off the bat, the fruition of your dream of Wall Street Girl Next Door, which you started talking about that idea when we were with um, Yarrow in the healing group together. It's just such a dream to see that come true. So I am so excited for you and so proud of you. And, um, And I recently started my business. So you're a little further along that path. And it's really inspiring to see you, you know, every day, like working on this dream and working on your business. So just thank wanna you. Say, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. no, I, that's why I'm excited to hear about your business. And, you know, we all get to walk this journey together with all of us that are just trying to follow our dreams and be on this healing journey together, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm thinking, reflecting right now on how when we were in that group um, two years ago and we were all really, you know, starting a healing journey. Maybe some of us were a little, um, had been doing it for a while or whatever. Um, It seems like we all kind of had a niche in that group. And I think that that's the direction where you feel pulled, where you feel drawn. And so for me, um, travel has been something that I've been really passionate about my entire life. Um, It's for me, it's a lifestyle and it's just something that wired into my DNA at a very young age. And humans are nomadic. We are just mm-hmm. naturally nomadic creatures, even though in the modern world that can look different, but that is our heritage. And I think for me, um, because in, in this lifetime, since I believe in reincarnation, um, I think in this lifetime doing travel from such an early age, you know, I was traveling when I was a few weeks old in a laundry basket in my parents' car touring Europe. 
because it was the eighties and you know, like safety rules. Um, and it was Europe and it's different, but, um, I, I think that it wired into my DNA so deeply as part of me that this is something that I am really passionate to bring to the world in the context of a healing container, because I think that, I think travel can be incredibly healing if it's done with certain intentions and if it's done in a way that feels really in alignment with who you are and and what you want to get out of it. Um, So I did recently, as you mentioned, I started a healing healing plus travel business is what I call it. I do um, somatic travel coaching. And so that's working with individuals or people on mind-body regulation around travel. And so it could be all kinds of different things, but it could be someone who's going to take a really big trip and they're wondering what they could get out of that. Um, What could the purpose be and how could they design that trip to really achieve their purpose? Um, And so that's an example. And also working with people who maybe already live abroad, want to move abroad and just, you know, people who have their own travel businesses and helping them step more into their power around those businesses. So I love that. Thank you. That's so amazing. And you're right. Like healing is such, it can like traveling and healing, like those two things. I mean, they're completely like correlated to me. Like I do some of my most like healing or being able to be in touch with like what my heart actually wants and is trying to tell me when I'm traveling. Like there's nothing to me better than being out in the world and like just being connected to yourself. And so I think that you're completely right about that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, think- I, and I think people need to like have that experience with traveling instead of just, and everybody has like a different relationship with travel, but I think the way that you're describing it, like I, I totally agree. Like it, it can be such a healing thing. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that because you are in a different mindset when you're traveling, typically, not always, but it is going to shift you in some way. It's going to shift your mindset in some way because you are out of your ordinary context and your your lifestyle, your habits make your life. And so when you're outside of that, when you're outside of your routine, you your mind can be more open to suggestion or can be more open to possibilities um, that you might not ordinarily be open to in your everyday life. So I think what you said, yeah, that really resonates. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think it's so important. And I always know, like for myself, I always find out so much more about myself when I'm out in the world. And I like to travel alone, which I know might not be for everyone, but to me, going on a trip somewhere I've never been alone is like the most liberating experience. And I always find out so much about myself, you know, when I, when I'm in that environment. And so, yeah, I think it's important to spread that. Yes. I resonate with that 100% because I love solo travel. I learn so much (laughs) about myself. I, it opens you up so much. You, you meet people that you wouldn't otherwise, if you were in a group, you know, because your group is like your group, your tribe, like you're not, always going outside of that. You might a little bit, but 
when you're traveling solo, you're forced to go out, meet new people, yeah, connections. And you're forced, I think, also to, you have to use your intuition and you have to trust, like, is this person in my experience mm -hmm. right now trustworthy? Can I go along with this or do I need to move apart from this, move away from it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you travel with such different energy when you are alone and you kind of have to make those connections than when you have the safety or the comfort of having either a travel partner or like a group, like you were saying. And I just always notice, like I put myself out there way more and I build like some of the connections that I've made with people that I'm traveling. There's just nothing like when you go through these experiences with someone and you guys are either on like, there's been like diving liveaboards that I've done with people for like a week. And you just build like these like strong connections or whatever trip it is. And there's, yeah, I think that it's really genuine connection when you get to go through that, you know, with, with people that you just meet, you meet them on the road, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you do, you really do. And then there are also cases where, because I'm flashing on when I've lived abroad, um, I've lived abroad quite extensively. And so when you live abroad, you also have an opportunity to get to know people in a longer frame of time. And so I'm just, you're, what you were saying reminds me of my, one of my best friends who's Australian that I met when I was an exchange student in Japan in high school. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I mean, we live on opposite sides of the world and we're not like, you know, it's not like when we were, you know, joined at the hip when we were there, but, right. um, but, you know, I've kept up with her life. She keeps up with mine and there's, there was nothing like that experience for bonding like that. Yeah. Traveling like that. And what you're saying, you, it, those bonds are very strong. So they are, yeah, they're very special too. And it's just like yeah. one of the things that I love most about traveling is whenever I go somewhere, it's just always like, who am I going to meet on this trip? And it's just kind of like leaning into that and the excitement of it. And sometimes mm -hmm. you meet people and you never talk to them again. And then other yeah. times you meet people and you keep in touch and then you meet up in another country or they're, you know, wherever you, wherever you're living and you guys get to meet up and it's just sometimes years pass and it feels like no time. And so that's one of the yeah, yeah, one of the beauties of traveling. I know, I know. How many countries have you been to? Uh, so I counted, and I counted in a certain app. I think the app was off. I think it was under. It said only 35, but I think it's been more like 39. So but that's I mean, a good number. <laughs> so I, a, thank yeah, you. That's yeah, a solid number. Thank you. And since this is my, I'm turning 40 this year. So I'm doing at least one new country a year. So right now yeah. I'm 39 for 39. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What about you? Do you have any idea? For I I think I thought I had done 30 countries, but then I, I have this map on my wall that I scratch off. My mom got it for me and I get to scratch off all the countries that I've been to. And then I was counting them and it said 27. And I'm like, what countries am I missing on here? Because I thought I had kept count. And I, so I'm going to Nicaragua actually in a week. I leave on Sunday to go Ooh. surf there for a week. Yeah, that was kind of a 
birthday present to myself um, that cool. I just needed to. I always try to go somewhere in January to get away from winter and to go someplace where I can either go diving or surfing. So Nicaragua is a new country. So I'm going to have it might be 28 or 31. I'm going to have to like count again. <laughs> but um, yeah. And nice. I, it's the same thing where I always try to go places I've never been. Mm hmm. And because I feel like there's so much that I want to see. And there's some countries that I do want to go back to that have like a very like special place in my heart that I just loved, fell in love with. But, and I'm also like, but there's so much to see still, you know? I know, I know. I've really gone back and forth on that yeah. throughout, throughout my life. And by the way, you're a big traveler too. Like, yeah. Whether it's 28 or 31, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It's a huge passion of mine. It's like one of those oh. things that, um, yeah, I always just, I always feel like really connected to myself and in a way that I can't when I'm here in my everyday life. Mm, me too. You know? That's really beautiful. You put that really beautifully. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's, I can always get so much clarity on like what my head and my heart are saying that I can't always get when I'm in my everyday life. And so I feel like I sometimes need to go away. Mm. Usually, on, and I'm like an adventure traveler. I'm not so much like lay on a beach for a few days. Like I'm like, I want to go like explore, try new things, like see new cultures. Usually not the most relaxing trips, but they're fun. <laughs> They're fun. That's amazing. We should talk more yeah. about that sometime because yeah, I'm into, I'm into adventure travel. I like all different types of travel, but I, yeah. I'm into adventure travel and I may be doing more of that this year and next year. So we can, we can talk. Absolutely. About I can talk travel forever. So tell <laughs> me what are some of the somatic practices that you bring into your travel? I really feel very strongly and this extends just far beyond travel, but I feel very strongly that so many people in the world are really disconnected from themselves. And I think that's a huge part of why the world looks the way it does. And people feel disconnected from themselves, anxious, uptight, you know, wound up like a wire. And then they can't connect very well with others, even though that's what we're here for. Human connection is why we're here. And so, um, you know, when we travel, because again, it puts you out of your ordinary routine and the human nervous system needs, as you know, because you know this very well, I know you know this very well, <laughs> the human nervous oh, I system. I do. Yes. <laughs> Could probably say this in our sleep, but the human yeah. nervous system needs consistency every day to feel safe. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so when you move into a different state of being and you're outside of your routine, it can be very off-putting or it can throw off your nervous system into a dysregulated state. So you're no longer in um, ventral, your home state where you feel connected to joy and calm. And you could be in sympathetic so you could be in fight or flight and you or you could be in dorsal which is shut down and you see this in airports all the time like people I know people have flight connections yeah I get that but mm -hmm. like people are scurrying through the airport they're looking down or they're like going really fast they're not making eye contact the whole energy is very frenetic 
and it's very and not always in a great way it's like very anxiety driven anxiety fueled and um when you do see people who are like taking their time a bit more strolling or talking to each other and not like rushing along um it's it's you notice it because the energy is different um so these are very minor examples of how I am working with clients is to get them to notice what is their energetic vibration? What is their energy doing at any given moment of their trip? Um, Because it's, again, as you know, it extends far beyond travel. This is how, Mm -hmm. like how you want to feel throughout your life in any given moment is your responsibility. And so we don't know that. And so we have to learn to be the leaders of our nervous system and to, to lead ourselves through our lives so that we feel connected and joyful and happy. And that's what travel is meant to do for you. It's meant to open you up. Yeah. I, I call it an intensifier. Like travel is an intensifier. It's going to bring, it's going to surface anything in there that you need to bring forth to heal. Like, as you've mentioned, when you travel, you often get in touch more deeply with your heart and your soul Mm -hmm. than you might in ordinary life. But what I've found so much is that like, and the general culture to me is that people love to go and vacation where their parents did or the Disney condo or like an all-inclusive resort. They go to Jamaica and they drink just like they could do in the States here. And it's like, it's like guys, like, there's such a different way. And I, I know I'm a very like unique person <laughs> in general. Um, and I know I grew up really differently from a lot of people in this culture. Like I grew up abroad, like I've lived abroad multiple times. I'm a huge world traveler. I know it's pretty different from a lot of people, but um, I think a lot of people do want to have those, those experiences that are going to expand them. And so in order to be expanded, as you know, like you first have to start with the body and you have to start with your nervous system at that level. And you have to ask yourself, how can I, how can I regulate my nervous system? And then how can I heal any underlying trauma? Because that's what's living inside of your body. So you can process that pain through your body um, and allow yourself to open up in that way, open up space, you know, open up space in your body to take in these new experiences and these lessons. Um, because otherwise, you know, I, I traveled with a woman about two years ago in Porto, Portugal, and it was a new connection that I met. I was living in the Azores at the time. I think I, I remember you telling you. I remember you telling me about the Azores, and that's been on my radar ever since you told me about uh, it. They have really great diving there. So yeah, I, I remember reaching out to you. Yeah, and even seeing if you went. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yep, yep. Yo, they have really cool diving. You would love it, Nicole. Um, it's on my list. Yes, I highly recommend it. Um, so I, I was, I met this woman. And uh, we traveled to Porto together. She was Canadian. Um, I met her and we went just like on a whim. She was already going there and I decided to go with her. And this woman was having like a lot of um, family issues at home. And she decided to to schedule our 
our trip in Porto, basically down to the minute, which is not how I travel. Um, to me, that's actually kind of frightening because even at that point in time, I didn't realize to what extent that's the, a sign of a dysregulated nervous system. But um, this woman, she had so much anxiety and so much fear that she was pushing down and numbing that she had to have something going on every single minute. And, um, you know, in, interestingly, because I tend to take my travels a bit more slowly because uh -huh. that's what feels good for my nervous system um, with like some big activities and things like that, but right. I like to take it slow. And I saw some things that I probably would not have seen otherwise. And there were a few things where um, it was like a sign, like that almost didn't happen. And then last minute we said, oh, we need to go here. And then it was like this huge sign from the universe to me, like in, in a really um, expansive way. So, you know, everything, I believe everything happens for a reason, um, yep. you know, and then there's always like a paradox because it's like, on the one hand, I was meant to have that experience. On the other hand, it showed me, man, I don't want to travel this way again. And this woman is really dysregulated, like to the point of like, it's, it's like upsetting. Like we're running through this the city, which is like a UNESCO World Heritage Site, you know, we're like running through the city to get on this wine tour or whatever. And it's like very dysregulating. And I'm not, mm -hmm. going to, I'm not going to travel like this again. So I think that was really eye opening for me to see, you know, there's a different way, like people need to, like, travel can be so expansive, but you have to do the healing work first to let it be that for you. Absolutely. And I've traveled with people like that before too. And that's not, I'm more of like, I like to have an idea of where I'm going and the things that I can do there. But then also I like to be in the moment and see where the moment takes me and what I feel like doing and giving myself that freedom because my life here is so structured and like, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of flexibility within my day-to-day -day life. And so when I go and travel, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to wake up and want to do that day, you know? And it's like, some days I'll have like diving planned or surfing or a hike or something, you know? So, but yeah. for the most part, I like to go and just be in the moment and see what I feel like doing and just kind of follow my intuition. And that's the part that I find so liberating is yeah. when you can go and it's just like, I can do whatever I feel like doing today, you know, in this, wherever I am. And, but I've traveled with people that have an itinerary literally for like every hour, you know, we have something to do and that's, that's, you're right. It is very dysregulating, but it's good that you have that experience because then that's how you get to find out more about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, is by going through those experiences. And so can you explain just so that everyone knows what a somatic practice is and explain that a little bit? because people might not be as familiar with uh, somatic healing and somatic practices. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, somatic practices, somatic means mind-body regulation. Or no, I'm sorry. Somatic means mind-body connection. And there is more and more evidence coming out every day that the mind-body connection is real. And so the the thinking behind it is that it's kind of it's like what yarrow how yarrow always 
quotes um, Dr. Gabor Mate, mm -hmm. who says like that the Buddha, so it's all these people quoting each other. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, Dr. Gabor Mate says um, the Buddha said that uh, your mind creates the world, but that then Dr. Gabor says the part he leaves out is first the world creates your mind. And I'm actually getting like emotional with this because it's just, it's an emotional thing. Like to think that um, we have the power to, to heal um, because we all have unprocessed trauma living in our bodies. And that mm -hmm. could be from um, our ancestors because that is proven that we do inherit trauma in our DNA um, it could be through ancestors, it could be from past lives, it could be from the current lifetime, from your inner child. So, so being able, having the ability to unwire, or I guess rewire, having the ability to rewire your nervous system, um, which is accustomed to a certain state, because that's what kept you safe at one time. And now, if it's wired for survival, it's just keeping you stuck. So being having the ability using your mind body connection to rewire your nervous system from survival into a different energetic frequency, it just gives me chills and it makes me emotional. I know. Yeah. 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 And I, I know, I, I know, you know, and I think that's why we're both so drawn to this work, like with Yarrow and, um, you know, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So that, so when it comes to how I would work with clients on um, somatic practices, mm -hmm. for for example, I've worked with a few people who were taking longer trips last fall. Um, one individual was going to Bali for a month. Another was going to Greece and ended up being there for like two and a half months. So we talked a lot about um, how they could regulate their nervous systems, the breathing, and so a big thing that I do, and I learned this from Yarrow, and I know you know it also, is just like putting hands on your body, like a hand mm -hmm. over your heart and over your stomach and um, breathing in really deeply three times or three to five or six times and even shutting down your eyes if that feels safe and doing that throughout your day when you need to come back to your body. The body is the site of everything. It's the site of manifestation into this this planet into the mm -hmm. 3d um right. i don't know how how woo woo your <laughs> your audience is i'm very woo woo so i'm like <laughs> i'm all about it <laughs> great great good, yeah. good we'll go there yeah. yeah absolutely but you know it those types of little things like just taking like three breaths can really like reset so much it, it's kind of wild. And I know there's even some times where I notice like, I'm like holding my breath and it's like, just breathe, you know, like actually like yeah. let go and breathe. And I don't think I was ever doing that before. I think I was like living in a state where I was like, you know, not actually like breathing into my body. And now I'm able to recognize that, like, especially if I'm on like a work meeting or something and it's like, just breathe, you know, yeah. and like, like let go. And, and it's like, not like a, you know, 
little like breathing, but it's like actually like breathe into my body and like let go. And now I can feel like the process of like my body, like actually letting go. And it's like, we just have to breathe, you know, like something as little as that can make such a big difference. Absolutely. It does. And yeah, I think that I was the same, you know, I, I feel like I could go minutes where I was in a heightened state and because prior to doing this healing work, I was not very in touch with my body. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I could go minutes in a state of, you know, oh, I'm barely breathing. And then I might kind of discover it. And you mentioned like a meeting, like, yeah, that can be a high tension situation mm-hmm. like work meeting. So yeah, I, I remember that distinctly, you know, um, when it comes to travel, because again, like you face situations that are uncertain and that can be quite, um, dysregulating to people. And I think, again, that's why some people it's too much and they want to, yeah. they, yeah, they want to schedule it down to the minute. Um, mm-hmm. you know, travel is such a great place to, to practice somatic practices, to practice your breathing, um, to become aware of your breath at any given moment, um, to become aware of your body in space and how your body feels, how your body feels internally, mm-hmm. um, because your internal state, it creates your external. So I think it's, and it, and again, because you're not in your routine, you know, you're not necessarily in a work meeting. You might be if you're a digital nomad, right? Living right. in a, another country or something, but Um, you know, you're not in your daily routine. So it gives you an opportunity to, to reset if you want, like kind of like a new take on life in a way. And that gives you an opportunity to deepen into somatic practices and into healing. And I know that these topics are probably intimidating for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. most people on the planet do not want to face themselves. Right. And that's why this work is quite intimidating because the idea of getting really still with yourself, you know, it's stillness. It requires stillness. Right. Travel, there are a lot of moments of stillness if you let it be. I I took a very interesting um, trip and we should talk more about it, Nicole. Um, My friend, Bethany, I'll just plug her business for a minute. Sure, yeah, absolutely business is incredible. It's called Hinoki Travels. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not an affiliate, but I am a client. So uh-huh. um, I went on her trip, one of her first, one of the, the first trip I've done with her, I went with her to, um, to Thailand last fall. And her whole thing is incorporating, you know, the downtime, the moments of stillness, even boredom. You know, and we have these moments throughout our lives. It's not just during travel, but what happens in those moments? Like what happens for you? Like, do you get anxious? Do you have to, do you have like ruminating thoughts? Do you have to be, you know, playing with something with your hands? Do you have to be on your computer, on your phone? Like, why can't you just be still? Like, it's a serious question. And most people are not willing to answer that question. And it's because we all have such deep pain that we need to process through our bodies that we're avoiding. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's why I always say, cause I know you and I 
when you were in New York, went to the same yoga studio, they always say like Savasana can be the hardest position and Savasana for those who don't know it, you just lie there. It's your resting posture. They call it dead body pose. You just lay there. You're not supposed to fidget. And that can be sometimes the most challenging posture because it's the stillness. Mm-hmm. Yep. The stillness used to be so uncomfortable for me. I used to not be able to do it. And now I absolutely enjoy it so much because I'm not, it, it was, it was just so uncomfortable. It was like unbearably uncomfortable for me. And now I like cherish it. That's it took, amazing. It took a lot of time. That's an <laughs> amazing transformation. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. It. But, it, but, but I do know a lot of people struggle with stillness and being able to like calm their mind and their body. And so I know that, you know, you're right. That, that can also be when you're traveling, mm-hmm. that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And when you connect more deeply to yourself, as I've said, you can connect to others. And if that's something you feel that you don't want to do or isn't for you, I ask you, I invite you to ask yourself why, you know, there's, because there's something there, you know, I guarantee it 100,000%. There's something there. Um, And if you say, oh, that's how my parents think, then there's something there. <laughs> then you know that. Yeah. Then, then it's like, okay, it. we know where it came from. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I think you and I are really on a similar wavelength of travel is an, an expander for life. It's, it's a way to make new and deeper connections. And that's something like I've said, I've absolutely done. And I cherish those connections so deeply even if, like you said, I'm no longer in touch with that particular person or the relationship has changed, like I will always have those those memories. Yes. And then also getting in touch, becoming more you. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what travel does for me. I feel more me when I travel. I feel more like I'm getting in touch with my actual essence of who I, I am. I, um, I remember when I lived in Uganda, when I did my graduate internship for two months. And that summer, um, so I guess this will get a little personal, but I was in a long-term relationship living in New York City, and I wasn't particularly happy in the relationship. And that summer, I you know, went to the other side of the planet, and it was just me and like 11 interns, but we all had our own separate housing and everything, separate rooms. And um, I had so much time on my own to like really get in touch with who I was again, that I I found myself again. And that was yeah. a huge deal. That was seminal for me. And I, you know, a few years later, ended that relationship, which wasn't serving me and moved on. And, and I think that, um, you know, that's something you can really get from travel. Like you can, you can get more in touch with yourself and it and because you're doing something so adventurous it gives you the courage to make some big moves in your life absolutely that's so beautifully said i always say i feel my most authentic self when i'm out in the world yes yes i love that i i i I always do it's like i don't question who i am like a lot of my anxieties like fade away and it's just like, I truly feel connected to myself when I'm out, out in the world. And I feel connected to the universe, which is what I feel 
brings that like all together. And so, yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to experience. It's so beautiful to experience. Yeah. So now to tie this to money. So -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how do you financially prepare for a trip? Are there any tips that you have for people? Cause travel is with everybody that I work with travel is always on people's list of goals and something that's very important to a lot of people. And also the thing, like I was telling you before, they can get people in a lot of financial trouble. (laughs) And so are there any tips or suggestions that you have for people that love to travel and how, how do you financially prepare for that? Yeah, I actually have a lot of notes for this section. Yeah, Um, all right. Yeah, and then I'd love to hear, because Nicole, I'm going to be learning a lot from you this year. I have a lot of work to do on my finances, so I would love to hear any uh, reflections from you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's what I'm here for. Great, yeah. Uh, To financially prepare for a trip. Um, So I... (laughs) I um, maybe could change this practice, but I don't necessarily, sometimes it, I've gone on so many different types of trips. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I'm just, if I'm going for maybe a two, three, three week trip, I like to go on longer trips. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going for a two or three week trip, I like to just think about if there's a budget number that is going to be maybe the total, you know? Um, for me, it's usually exceeding that is what I actually end up spending, (laughs) but I, it's going to vary because I've been on so many different types of trips. Mm -hmm. I've been on trips where I was a digital nomad. So I was making money at the same time. Um, I've been on trips where I just needed to, to go and, um, and spend money. But, um, I, Yeah, I think having a budget number in mind is really, really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like knowing I can't exceed this total. And then within that, you can have different budget categories, like, you can um, get an idea of what things are going to cost you. So the airline ticket, for example, um, you can go look at tickets to that destination. And you can budget it out, you can find a good deal if that's what you're in the market for. Um, Google Flights is a great jumping off point to all kinds of different airlines and destinations. It's just a great springboard um, to get you a a general idea of what the ticket is going to cost at any given time. So um, Skyscanner is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Skyscanner and Hopper are both really good um, for finding airline itineraries that might be kind of unusual and forgetting prices. And I'm not an affiliate affiliate of any of these. I just want to say that Um, they're just tools that I've used. And I also really like going. Um, Yeah. yeah, I just found that one recently. Oh yeah. Going, it used to be Scott's cheap flights. um, Also like very, very good. And I think you saw my post with on Instagram with the different tiers of membership. Yes. I thought that was great. Super helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And they do have a free option. So um, they're really, really, really good Um, for. Can you explain going a little bit? Yeah. Um, I don't have like my notes break down in front of me, but 
they have a basic, they have, a, I want to say a premium and then they have an elite tier. Uh -huh. They have all three tiers and the basic is free. And so you'll get, um, free searches to your email inbox, but they come like one to two days after the, the pricing is released. So, okay. you, so it may already be sold out. Um, premium is a little faster. Um, but both, both, um, both basic and premium are economy only flights or okay. seats. And then elite, which is what I currently have is you get um, 10 searches, like 10 destination searches where it's always on an alert for you and you'll get it instantly as soon as the deal drops and it's for all fare classes. So everything from economy to first class. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Like I intend to fly first class for the first time someday soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great goal. Thank you. Thank that you. That is a wonderful goal that, you know, that will happen. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. And I should add, um, I don't know if I said internationally, I have flown first class domestically, yeah. but I would like to fly first class internationally someday. Yeah. Um, it's a game yeah. changer. Yes. <laughs> it's a game changer for those long flights. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, something else I like to do uh, is have a fives drawer. And so a fives drawer is when you take cash money and it's, mm -hmm. um, it's not a $1 bill. It's too little. It's not 10 because that eats into your budget too much. It's a $5 bill, like five, like that's not going to eat into your daily budget so much. What I like to do is take all my fives and put it in a drawer. It's just an envelope that I have. And you can actually save quite a bit towards your trip that way. Yeah. Um, when I went gorilla trekking years ago, which was a thousand dollars, um, bucket list trip just to mm -hmm. go through the gorillas in Uganda, um, not including airfare and all of that. Um, I saved up 300 in the five drawer before I went. So that, that went a long way towards that. It adds up those little things. I did a post on that a little while, like maybe a couple weeks ago on to always pull a $5 bill out. Cause I used to do that. And if you start at the beginning of the year and whenever you have a five in your wallet, just put it away, you'd be surprised at how much money you save at the end of the year. And mm -hmm. that's just like one of those like mindless things that you see a five and then you get in the habit of it and you really can stack a lot of cash doing it that way. When I posted that, my friend said his mom does that and that she has $10,000 saved now because she's been doing it for like so long. It's like, yeah, it adds up. But that's like, a, especially if you have a goal in mind and there's something that you're working towards mm -hmm. doing something like that just puts you closer to your goal. Yeah, that's. That's amazing to know. Actually, now that you've said that, what I may do is have a five drawer for travel and one just for savings. Yeah. I'm a little challenged in the area of savings. <laughs> so I think maybe I can help with that. <laughs> yes, help with please. That. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are. Yeah. It's a tough area for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think I'll do, you know, this time I put the five in here, this time I put the five in here and just mm -hmm. like alternate and, uh, go that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's something I love because then it's a specific budget towards that like bucket list item or whatever travel expense you have. 
Um, and then if you don't spend all of the fives, you can use them to buy money to, to buy food at the airport when you come home, you know, or to whatever yeah. expenses you have. Yeah. Yeah. You can use it as your money or yep. your disposable income on your trip. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, other tips I have, I'm, I'm just not sure. I think we have, we have like what, 10 more minutes or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I, I don't typically take out, uh, the destination country's currency prior to going. Some people like to get it from their bank. I don't do that. Um, when you, when you land in your destination country, um, you can get funds from the ATM at the airport. It's probably mm -hmm. going to be more expensive in fees than if you went outside to a local bank, but maybe you need it, you know, once you get there at the airport. Um, I always decline the conversion of the foreign bank. You, okay. you want to trust and you can research it, but typically your bank in the States, if that's where you're coming from or whatever your home country is, is going to have a better conversion rate for you than the bank in the foreign country. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's why, and it's same for when you buy goods or services in a foreign country. Like, for example, if you're in, in the EU um, and it gives you a conversion when you're paying for something with your credit card, you want to click EU because you're relying on your bank. You know that your bank is typically going to give you a better con conversion rate than the bank there would. So, so. That's, wow. I never even thought about that. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really big one. And especially if you're going for a long time, like when mm -hmm. I lived in Portugal, that's how I managed to, um, you know, save quite a bit on just conversion rates because they will charge you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one. So if you have the time prior to mm -hmm. going, if, if you know of someone a local a friend in the country where you're going um, or even just can do research online. It's, and it's not always going to be possible to do this, but um, it's a, it's good when you get to a new place to have an understanding of the cost of things mm -hmm. because it varies country to country. Like here, a bottle of water costs $5, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in Uganda, a bottle of water could cost 2000 shillings. What's how much is that? So if you look at the conversion rate, 2000 shillings is like 75 cents, whatever it is right now. I don't know what the, I don't know what the current conversion rate is right now, but, um, it's always good to know, you know, how much are things going to cost? And sometimes that only comes from having time and experience in country. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're just going as a tourist for a little bit, you know, it's, you're, you're going to be spending anyway. It's not always going to be such a big deal, but, um, it's always good to acquaint yourself with the cost of items. And then you also know, like if a, a water bottle usually costs 2000 shillings and they're charging me 4,000, like I'm being ripped off, you know? Right. Yeah. There's, good there's point. Yeah. So, so because here, like in everyday life, we know, you know, what the cost of things are generally. Um, mm -hmm. it's, I'm sure you've studied a lot of economics as have I. <laughs> so I was an econ major in college. There yeah. you go. Yep. So yeah. it's like 
which we know economics is so like theory based. It's like, is this yeah. real? But, yeah. but like technically the consumer always knows the prices of goods mm -hmm. wherever right. they are, which in reality is not actually true. But, you know, to the extent that you can, it's a good idea to know, to get to know the cost of things. Um, public transit, if you want to save, you know, like acquainting yourself with the public transit in a given country or area where you're traveling to and knowing that it could take longer, right? Like when I was in Greece last fall, um, it took a very long time to get from the airport into, into um, the center of, of Athens. But mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, and I had budgeted time for that. So, and you, you save that way. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Cause I know I was in London last May Mm -hmm. And I took a red eye and I knew how long it was going to take me. Like I already looked at like, how long is it going to take me to get from Heathrow to where I was staying by tower bridge? And when I got there, I looked and said, well, it's going to cost me almost a hundred dollars to get in an Uber yeah. and almost the same amount of time. It was going to take me like 45 minutes in an Uber and a hundred dollars, or I could take there the underground and it was going to cost me I think like five dollars and take me 55 minutes mm -hmm. and that to me is like a no-brainer and even though I flew overnight and everything I was just like nope when I'm traveling like that's exactly how I think about my money is it's just like do I want to spend this hundred dollars on an uber to save me 10 minutes no would I rather go out to a din to dinner see a play yep. some type of activity and that's how I think about my money when I'm traveling and that doesn't you know, always happen. There's sometimes where it's just like, I don't know if a Uber takes me 10 minutes compared to an hour then, and I'm only somewhere for like a couple of days, that's something different. But that's how I always think about my money is it's just when I'm traveling and I know I'm going to have to be buying food and drinks and everything, yeah. you know, when I'm, when I'm out, how is it that I want to spend my money? And, yep. you know, in that case, it was just, it wasn't worth it to me. I was like, absolutely not. And I just jumped on the tube and got to my hotel and it was fine. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You hit the nail on the head. It's like, how do I want to spend my money? And I have options. And I mm -hmm. think this is again, where somatic travel coaching comes into play, because if you feel that you don't have options and maybe like, maybe you do have the budget to take the more expensive option and you want to do that, but you have a lot of fear, mm -hmm. you have fear of like, Oh, I can't spend this money. I have to hoard it, even though you're doing yeah. quite well economically. So it can go the other way too. Right. Oh, um, the fear is so huge. Absolutely. People can have so much fear about it. And so it's yep. just being aware of the energy that you're feeling about it and like the mental space that you're putting into it. And so it's, Sometimes you have to kind of figure that out as you go along too. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, on that note, I feel, I feel like there have been times where I did not have the budget. Oh, there have been plenty of times where I did not have the budget, but sometimes when it comes to travel, especially in places where there are fewer resources, it's mm -hmm. like, just spend the money. Don't kill yourself. Like, I remember when I was in Dar es Salaam going to Zanzibar for the first time. Oh, you're interested in going to oh, Zanzibar, Oh, yeah. Right? It's like the top of my list. We'll talk. We'll talk more about that, yeah. too. <laughs> but um, when I was, I was in Dar es Salaam going to Zanzibar, and uh, 
we could either take a ferry for six hours or you could take a little prop plane for half an hour. (laughs) And, you know, I was a student at the time. I had no budget. um, And I was traveling with with that, with the next boyfriend, but, yeah. um, you know, we figured it out and it was just yeah. so much more worth it. You know, it was yeah. so much more worth it to, to take the flight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's where, I mean, that's where you really have to think about time has a cost as well. Yeah. You know, so it's like six hours compared to a half hour flight is it's just like, maybe you save some money by taking, you know, the ferry or whatever it is, but then yeah you're losing that time. And that's where you have to think that time has a cost to it as well and really weigh that out. Yeah, I'd love to hear, it doesn't necessarily have to be now, but I would love to hear your thoughts more on that too, because I feel like I've seen just recently things on, oh, um, time really doesn't have um, a value or it doesn't have a cost, you know, but we've, in our culture, we are accustomed to hearing like, there is a cost, you know, there is opportunity cost, cost. opportunity cost, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So here's like a good example of that from my personal life is I don't have a lot of free time, you know, managing like my day job and then the side business. And so I always look at like the best use of my personal time. And I, when I'm out of town, I have somebody come in and clean my apartment while I'm not here. And Mm. she costs $70 and she's usually here for like two or three hours. And to me, I always think, do I have two or three hours of my time to be sitting on a Saturday or like the weekends when I work on my business to be cleaning my apartment or is the best use of my time, me putting time into my business and, and paying for that help. Wow. I love that. Actually, I think I'm going to incorporate that the next time I travel. Yeah. So it's really thinking about like, we have limited time and energy. And so I always think about like, what's the best use of my time and energy. And I always have to weigh that out because, you know, I'm, I'm very big on taking public transportation, especially here, like around New York city. Like I don't take a lot of cabs or Ubers, but I do occasionally, you know, because I don't like to take the subway late at night. And so it's always like keeping mindful of that. And do I take cabs and Ubers around everywhere? No, but like Saturday night I was out in Astoria, Queens and it was like 1130 and, you know, I was taking a cab home because I don't feel safe taking a subway that late at night anymore. And so it's just always kind of having to weigh these things out in, in your, in, you know, in the moment really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where um, intuition comes in. So, so, Uh so well, you know, like, okay, do I have the budget? Yes. Do I not have the budget? Maybe I don't, maybe I put it on a credit card, you know, but what's my intuition telling me. And this is something where somatic travel practices and coaching comes in so beautifully because then once you, you regulate your nervous system, process trauma and really start to step into your power, you start to get more in touch with your intuition and you can know moment to moment, what do I need? And what is my intuition telling me to do right now? Mm-hmm. Instead of being so fixated on, I have to take that ferry for six hours because right. it costs $5 versus this flight that costs $50, right? 
that gets me there in five and a half less hours, you know, it's, it's really important to, to be very intuitive with our, all of our decisions in life and travel. Absolutely. And that yeah. where it comes to having that energetic relationship, like with your money too, and how you're feeling about things and are you making the decision out of fear or, and so it's really being connected to yourself. And just like you say, like with the somatic practices and traveling, like that's so important to feel energetically, like how is this making me feel, you know, spending this, this $50 on the flight, you know, can I lean into that and say, you know, like I'm saving five and a half hours. And so it's being able to connect to yourself and be able to be aware of the mindset and the energy that you're putting behind that. And I know that you, um, had said you'd be curious to know like how I prepare for a trip. So what I always try to tell people is like, those are goals. Goals are so important. And usually travel is with most clients that I work with travel is on their travel is like one of my main goals too. When I set for the year, it's like, what are the trips that I want to take and what do I need to do to get there? And like you said, I always set like, I work backwards. Mm-hmm. So when I'm researching a trip, I always say how much, like, look at the flight. How much does it look like the flight's going to cost me? How much does it look like if I'm doing so like this trip to Nicaragua, I'm staying at a surf lodge. That's an all-inclusive with like uh, surf lessons and meals and everything. So how much does that cost me? And then I kind of put together a a plan for my trip. And then I look at how long do I need to save for this trip? And sometimes like I've had to push off trips because I just wasn't able to save enough money. And it's like, oh, maybe I'd like to take this trip in two months, but I'm not going to be able to save that much money. So I'm going to have to take it in three or four months and allow myself that freedom to, you know, be able to financially prepare for it. And that just goes with planning for it. And I always want people, like, I always think it's so important, especially because just like we've talked about, like travel is so important. And if it's something that's important to someone, I'm like, you should go out and do it, you know, but do it like in a responsible way. And that just comes with doing the research and planning ahead and making sure that you take those steps to go do the things that light you up. Cause there really is to me, it's just like, there's, there's nothing that can, there's nothing better than that. You know, like going into the world and doing something that lights you up. Oh, this is so helpful, Nicole. (laughs) Maybe I will apply this to, uh, so I want to go to the Caribbean for my 40th birthday in May. Uh (laughs) Um, at the same time, I've been thinking, you know, Um, I have quite a bit of work to do on my finances, like Mm -hmm. a a lot of work to do, a lot of debt to pay down. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that debt has come from travel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, something I've had in mind for months now is even if I really like this idea of planning for it and working backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that I could look at the trip, the feasible trip for for May And just really see, like, do I think this is feasible by this time? If not, you know, I know it's my 40th and that's a big deal. And also being financially healthy is a really big deal. So maybe like if I have to, you know, push it back a little bit and that's okay. Yeah. And always making adjustments to where, like, what's most important to you in your trip? Like there are sometimes where if I'm taking a trip, It's like, I want to go diving here. That's my priority. So maybe I don't stay 
don't do this other activity or I can't do this because, but do the thing that's most important to you out of this trip. So if, if you're going to the Caribbean just for the destination, or if you're going there to do something, then I always like to prioritize, like what is going to be the most important thing to me? Usually where I cut corners, I don't need to stay in the nicest hotel room. I'm usually not in my hotel that much, but I've also not in a phase of my life anymore where I like to stay in hostels and like bunk beds. Like I've been there, I've done that. Like I can't do that anymore. Like I need peace, quiet, a bed, a shower, hot water, like those like things. I hear you. <laughs> but I don't also need to be in like a penthouse, you know, or a suite. Mm-hmm. And so I always just prioritize, but some people like that. Like one of my ex-boyfriends, like he like loved a really nice hotel room. And I'm like, why? Like, we're not even in here, you know, but like, that was something that was important to him. And we just traveled differently and that was okay. But it's like, what are the things that are most important to you in the trip and prioritizing those? And then maybe cutting some corners in other areas Mm -hmm. to make sure that you can do the things that are most important to you on the trip. And so you can go do it for your 40th. Cause I took a trip last January for my 40th birthday in Costa Rica. And it was so special. Oh, I love that. It was so special. And so I just prioritized like, what's the thing that that's going to be most important to you on this trip? Mm -hmm. That's really, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then wherever you can just cut corners. And sometimes that can be like, maybe not going out to a nice dinner every night or, you know, things like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think also even in your daily life thinking, how can more of my daily budget go towards the travel? You Mm -hmm. know, I think that could like, maybe um, you shop at, I I love really good organic food. So I don't know if I could necessarily practice this one, but maybe you just shop more budget groceries um, once a month, instead of going to the people's food co-op every week, you know, um, just an example, you know, or like, absolutely. So looking at your daily expenses is always the starting point, like having complete transparency of where your money's going. And if that's where you want your money to be going, and especially when you have a date and a trip in mind. So you have, you want to go to the Caribbean in May. So you've got, you know, a few months until then. So it's really looking at your spending and saying, okay, is there something that I can cut back on for the next few months? Because this goal is so important to me that I'd rather, you know, not do X, Y, or Z for the next couple months and put that money towards this trip, because that's why goals are so important because it starts making you think about your money differently because then your money, I always like to say it gives your money purpose and it gives your money direction. And so when you have that and you really want it and you're like, I really want to take this trip, start looking at your spending and saying, okay, I can go without this for the next two or three months, you know, or maybe it's winter, you know, I can not do this for the next. And so it's just really looking at where your money's going and how you can start funneling money towards your goal. I love that so much. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. Um, And I wanted to ask you about that. So I am completely tracking my expenses now. Uh Um, So I think the piece I still need to get to is add them up so Mm -hmm. that I know (laughs) where it's going. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I use, I use rocket money. I have a financial dashboard that I have for my one-on-one clients that I built that tracks like net worth. And then every month we go through and look at all different types of spending. And then it comes up with annual totals. And then that ties into their goals. And so we look at that and that's what I look at with all my clients on a one-on-one basis. But i I use that and I also use that in conjunction with Rocket Money, which also I'm not affiliated with them. I'm just a consumer, but I've tried a lot of budgeting apps and I I like this one. I like the output of it the most and it connects to my bank accounts, my credit cards. It ties in all my transactions, categorizes them for me. And then I go ahead and I put it in the financial dashboard and I'm able to see where I'm spending my money and it gives you all the totals right there. And I think that that's, it's like the step that I find most imperative for people is then you're able to see the totals and to see how much you're spending. And I always tell people like, don't check it once a month. Cause at the end of the month, you've already spent like all of your money, you know? <laughs> so check it like every, like get really comfortable checking it. And that's the part of getting comfortable checking your spending and where your money's going so that, you know, and cause then you can see like, oh, maybe I, I, in New York, it's like people always spend so they're like, I didn't realize I was spending $400 a month on cabs, you know? And so it's like having that awareness and seeing that total, you know, makes it more real. And then yeah. you can really see, oh, this is, this isn't how I want to be spending my money because these things aren't a priority to me. And I want this other thing to be how I want to be spending my money. And so it's, yeah, I like rocket money. I think it's very important. And it's always like the first step that I tell people is you got to know where your money's going. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I use rocket money as well, except oh, good. not for budgeting. <laughs> I, I only use it to track uh, my subscriptions. <laughs> well, it does that too. Okay. Well, at least you already have an account then you can just link everything else up and then it can do, it does the work for you, which is the oh. nice thing, you know? Janiel, do you have any other travel tips for the listeners? Thank you so much for asking. So I have a big one that I am personally a huge fan of, and it is not really for the faint of heart. Um, So this involves haggling, otherwise known as bargaining, which um, (laughs) is actually in many places throughout the world quite a bit more socially acceptable and Mm -hmm. accepted than in the United States, there are not many places in the US where you, you really can haggle, actually, like a lot of prices are fixed here. Um, Yeah, and in other countries. So particularly, like, for example, when I lived in China, I lived in China for two years and worked there as well. And that's a country where there's an expectation, it's a cultural custom to to haggle or bargain for certain goods, not like in a department store or a luxury goods store or something like that, but, um, you know, at a market or in a boutique, like a, an independent boutique, or if you're, um, you know, you're just shopping for souvenirs on the street or something. Um, and that's just, just one example. There are many countries where that sort of thing is a bit more acceptable than in America. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I always, (laughs) I always think it's so much fun. I kind of make it into a game whenever I'm traveling places and I just, you just know that that's part of the culture there Mm -hmm. and it it gets kind of fun. 
It gets very fun. And I do have a few tips. I tend to be quite cutthroat around it. I don't know how you are, Nicole, but I'm very, uh, yeah, I can get real competitive with it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, you always want to start really low, like mm -hmm. at least half the price of what they originally quote you. And, uh, you have to be willing to walk away. Yep. And I've done that multiple times. And frequently they come running after you or they, they're like, come back, come back, come back, you know? <laughs> um, but sometimes they, you know, they, they will put on a show right? Uh, that I've seen that too. And they will say, Oh, like my family, how are we going to eat? You know? And it's like, if particularly if you're shopping in a touristic area, that's not, it's not necessarily going to be a concern. I can't speak for, you know, these different vendors and their lives. But, um, you know, that's, I, I think it's important to keep in mind that a lot of it is, it's, it's a whole, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's a whole, it's a whole show. It's, it is. it's you're all playing a role. So yes. uh, yeah. And I think that's a wonderful way. If you're out in the market for a particular item, if you want to pick up a souvenir or a piece of clothing or, a special, special item from that country that can be a fun and good way to, to get that item more affordably. So for me, that's a big one that I wanted to mention. And I think that's a great that, one. Thank you. Yeah. I think, I mean, you can't use it on food or anything. Usually right. that's a little weird, but, um, oh, the one other thing I was going to say about that. And I just, I jocked my memory was, so that, so when you bargain, that can also be a way to get it more of a deal for multiple items. Like if you're buying gifts and you need to get multiple items or you're getting multiple items for yourself, they'll frequently give you a discount if you buy more than one. So that can be part of bargaining or that can be separate from bargaining, but that's just something to keep in mind when you're shopping abroad. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to keep that in mind, especially when, like you said, like if you're buying like multiple things for people and yeah, mm -hmm. it's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always happy to help coach people around bargaining. Yeah. It's like my yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. favorite I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Um, I think that's it for my tips. I'm looking at my notes okay. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Thank you. So I am primarily on Instagram. I'm Janiel Bamberg, J-E-N-E-I-L Bamberg, B-A-M-B-E-R-G underscore travel somatics. That's my handle on Instagram. You can also just look me up by my name, Janiel Bamberg. And I have a travel, a healing plus travel blog as well, which is at healingintravel.com. Awesome. And I will make sure that you are linked in the notes for the episode and on posting of this on, um, on Instagram. So people will be able to know where to find you. Thank you so much. So excited. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I think that all the tips that you gave people will really help people when they're on the road and when they're traveling, because it's really important to keep these things in mind. And these are a lot of things that people don't think of. And so, and I know that this helped me. So 
Thank you. It was really great to have you on this episode. And to all the listeners, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Money Diaries. I always encourage you to reach out to me with any comments, questions, or if you need support, or if there's any topics you would like covered on an episode of The Money Diaries, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Wall Street Girl Next Door. And I will see you on our next episode.